Ryan Talks Rock does not own any of the music you are about to hear. The sole mission of this podcast is to inform and to entertain. With that said, welcome back to Ryan Talks Rock.
Welcome back to Ryan Talks Rock. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. That's only right. It's been a long time since I've been on this podcast. <sighs> I want to say it's been uh, more than six months. Seven months. Probably. But here I am. I'm back. I'm back. And uh, I'm definitely going to change a few things. I'm a different person now. I'm different in uh, a lot of ways. I'm wiser. Uh, I drink more. (laughs) Uh, I'm really trying to get a handle on uh, life. I know we all are, but... I feel like the uh, the current setup, opposed as opposed to the audio setup I should have, uh, this one will have to suffice for now, because obviously money is a, a thing that stands in the way of me having the best setup I can. Uh, it's the thing that stands in between me and having the best equipment I can possibly have. So I need to buy... Uh, an audio interface. I need to figure out how to use that. I need to figure out uh, a separate microphone interface. Uh, it's it goes the list goes on and on. But uh, I purchased a new mic. That was a, a finally an XLR mic that was perfect for what I was doing, and they they fucking didn't give me the right cord. If you can believe that, I purchased an XLR mic set up for podcasting on Amazon, right? Um, with that being said, it was a setup that was reasonably priced and uh, the attachment they gave me so they gave me the female attachment for what goes into the mic, which is perfect. So I plugged it right into the microphone and the other attachment, which would be the male attachment, was a fucking auxiliary cord. What are you doing? What like what am I plugging this into? I don't call me crazy, but uh, I'm not plugging this into a fucking into the computer. That was what I avoided by buying this microphone. I purchased an XLR microphone with a fucking female input cord and the output cord should have been the same as a regular XLR microphone which would be a male most like port that was uh, just prongs just three prongs and that would go into the fucking interface I, I was stunned I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens but I mean, what can you do? I ordered it off Amazon. I thought it would work. And it's just... It's the wrong thing. What are, you can buy attachments for anything. That's not the issue. It's just the fact that I paid all this money for it. And they send me a fuck, the wrong fucking cord. It's like, what are you doing? I don't know. Whatever. How are you? So the last time I spoke with my audience mostly uh random people and a japanese bot 
you, you talked to me and I was I was with Bus. So Bus Bus and I moved in together during uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, we moved in with a, a a dear friend of ours, Gavin, and we are living in this house in New Hope, Pennsylvania, ran right the border in New Jersey, and uh, as soon as we moved in, I was like, "Well, I need to record. I got to figure out how to do this. I got to figure out how to do a podcast from my new home." And uh, I started playing with where where it would go. Where's the sound going to be best? Right. That's the first thing you think about is where's my sound going to be best. And uh, the conclusion I came to was the attic. So I'm I'm here in the attic of this uh, this three bedroom house in New Hope, PA, and I am recording right now. And uh, maybe maybe I haven't changed that much in uh, in all honesty. I probably haven't. I've had major things happen in my life. I've uh, I've had to become a different person. In order to continue on. But the podcast won't change that much. What is going to change is I'm gonna I'm gonna play music. And I know that uh there's a lot of issues with playing music and royalties and rights and all that stuff. I'm I put the disclaimer at the beginning of the episode trying to enforce the fact that I'm gonna play music. I don't own it. And uh, I, th- that was the sole purpose of this podcast from the get-go. What I want is to just show you guys what uh, music is important to me and what's important to uh, the, the casual rock and roll heavy metal listener. And that's, that's what we're going to get here. Now, this first episode in 2019 since I've been away, it's probably been seven months, seven or eight months I've been away. It's been a long time. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's been a while. Okay, but, uh, hey, I'm human. I had serious life changes, and uh, we're going to try and figure this thing out together, right? You guys are still with me, the few that are still there. And uh, there are songs I want you to hear that mean something to me that uh, that I've listened to frequently recently so I'm gonna play play some songs that I have uh, been accustomed to playing currently uh, quite often on heavy rotation and we're gonna talk about them obviously without Brandon he is my co-host but he's not here right now and he uh, he won't be on until I figure out this double mic scenario and in, in, in uh, in a in a case where we can get them both on here, both both uh, both audio recordings where it sounds okay, and I'm gonna fuck with that. I'm gonna play with that, and we're gonna get that straight so we can have uh, someone for me to bounce the stuff off of. But for the uh, for the for the right here and now, uh, I'm gonna play songs. We're gonna talk about them, and uh, sometimes they're gonna be current. Sometimes they're gonna be all over the place. Like the the song you heard in the intro was The Contortionist, one of my favorite gent bands. Um, that's D-G- or D-J-E-N-T, Gent. 
progressive progressive metal band covering 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins and doing it marvelously. It's a gorgeous cover. It's one of my favorite covers uh, of the last five years. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what these uh, what these songs mean to me, what they mean to the genre, and what they mean to the future. And uh, that song in particular, 1979, is uh, is is really important to me because uh, I was starting to get into Smashing Pumpkins real hard back when I was still in high school. Let's call it uh, 2008. I was hanging out with this girl. Uh, we won't name names here. I'll try and keep it vague, but I was hanging out with a girl. Um, sorry. I gotta keep the fucking... I'm going to keep the laptop refreshed. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen. It's a whole new setup. I'm in the attic. I got a fucking whole new setup. I'm, in. I'm not I'm not chugging beer so you won't hear me burp. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking a, a, an Arnold Palmer. Mostly vodka. Let's say let's call it 80% vodka, 20% fucking iced tea and lemonade. But uh, made myself an Arnold Palmer when I got home from playing golf today. And uh, just kind of wet the whistle, you know, once in a while. Just keep the voice right, you know. There we go. We're back. Um, this song probably uh, made a, a great deal of impact on me in 2008. I was talking to this girl. She was not interested in me uh, romantically. Right? We're hanging out. We're good friends. We work together. All, all that stuff. And... Uh, she just never we connected on a really spiritual level and uh, she just never found it in herself to be interested in me on any sort of romantic level and uh, that's probably on me because I was uh, let's say inexperienced in the in the girl department I was a late bloomer and uh, Jesus Christ let's if you want to call me a late bloomer, I'm still trying to bloom here. It's fucking... 12 years later. I'm still trying to bloom. But, uh... Trying to figure out women. <laughs> There's no fucking user's manual to that. But, uh... Man, when I when I would see her, when I would, when I would hear her speak, when I'd be in her presence, it was like everything else just faded away. And everyone has that, that person, you know? Where they're around them and they just fucking they melt, you know. Every nothing else mattered. It was uh, it was go to work, go to school, come home. Um, am I gonna spend time with this person? That's what my life was at that point. And we would just hang out, and listen to all sorts of uh, indie music, whether it be rock oriented or alternative. And uh, I was so against it at that time. I was very into like Motley Crue and. Uh, Rat, Metallica, Pantera, uh, Pink Floyd. I was, I was all, I was all over the place. But I definitely wasn't into uh, indie music, and I probably should have been. I probably should have uh, woke up around that time because I'm really into all that stuff now. But it took a long time for it to materialize, and uh, we would listen to mostly what she wanted. 
in the car. We would just drive around. And uh, that took a lot of me. <laughs> like, she, uh, she was very in control of the radio. So, <laughs> that was that was tough for me, but I really liked this girl. So you know you gotta you gotta pick the, pick your battles. You gotta uh, find the hell you want to die on or whatever it is. And and I just I just kind of relax. You know we'd go out to like uh, ringing rocks and random locations where it was just uh, there was no one around. We would go we would go to places that were really uh, secluded. And, uh, and just hang out and talk. Talk about life, talk about philosophy, all that stuff. And uh, I really got to know her. And that was really important to me. But uh, Smashing Pumpkins was one of those bands where we kind of like... Uh, the Venn diagram interlapped. You know? It, it, uh, it came together. And we both realized we enjoyed that that style music that 90s alternative but mostly emotive type of music billy corgan never wrote songs that didn't mean anything to him he wasn't a, a cobain where he would write a song about his parents divorce which seriously fucked him up in uh what the fuck song is that is that all apologies i think it's all apologies where he writes specifically about his parents divorce uh and then he writes songs like school where it's like bound and on and on no recess bound and on it's like so simple but so brilliant but it has nothing to do with who he is as a person right uh billy corgan didn't do that he only wrote songs that like meant something to him on a very emotional and spiritual and uh personal level so that's why 1979 means a lot to me. Um, speaking from experience, uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, the record that that song is off, means almost nothing to me, which is kind of ridiculous. So I grew up in the era where uh, music videos were still a thing. You still went, you turned on the TV, you went to MTV or VH1 and you watched music videos. <clears throat> I can recall going on there every morning before school and finding out what was current, right? So you're getting your Usher and you're getting your uh, your 50 Cent and you're getting your, uh, your random stuff, right? Okay. So around that time where... That song was big, 1979, was years before this, okay? Well, the first song I can remember, Smashing Pumpkins, recording and promoting for Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness was Tonight Tonight. And they used to play that video on VH1 and MTV constantly. And I fucking hated it. I thought it was horrible. I couldn't stand the 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 um, the whininess to it, the the nasally voice tonight tonight. It was so fucking horrendous. And I remember my older brother Jeff, God bless him, 
He was so into that song. And I could not understand why. I'm like, this is trash. You know? They're also playing like Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. And I'm like, this this is the this is the meta. This is where music is going. I don't know what you're listening to. It's horrendous. But what I like is good. And I remember buying uh, that first Three Doors Down record, The Better Life, and thinking it was the greatest album I had heard to that point. You got, you got melody. You got great composition. You got harmonies. You got uh, good guitar. You got a good mix. Like as far as debut records go, that first third, uh, three doors down record, it's phenomenal. It's hard to beat it, honestly. In that era, if you want to compare debut albums with three doors down's The Better Life, good luck, pal. They are fucking up there. Uh, I I listened to that album on CD until my CD player skipped it. It was just a uh, uh, fucking piece of plastic that just skipped constantly. I, I listened to it so much that it drove my brothers nuts. I wouldn't stop singing it. I'm telling the truth. So that's my story with my introduction to Smashing Pumpkins. It wasn't until years later where Gavin actually got me into them. Uh, when I was given a copy of Siamese Dream from Gavin. That's when I really started to notice how good the Smashing Pumpkins were. I still, to this day, do not care for Melancholy Infinite and, and the Infinite Sadness. I've listened to it all the way through. I can't tell you more than a couple songs that I remember. It's a good record. It is. I will not deny the fact that it's a good record. Uh, I have to listen to it more, honestly. It, it really is worth your time if you don't know anything about the band. It's a great starting point because they go all, all over the place. And Billy Corgan really fucking flexes himself in terms of what he's capable of creatively, which is really important. Uh, but Siamese Dream is the most quintessential, important record of the Smashing Pumpkins career. If you dispute that, you're fucking wrong. Siamese Dream means something to me on a spiritual level, on a personal level, on an artistic level. It means so much to me uh, in a multitude of ways that cannot be understood by a single person and me telling them what it means to me. I just can't. I can't divulge all that information. And if I did, it wouldn't mean any more to you guys than the words I'm saying. I can tell you my experiences with it. I remember one time I sat out front of my house after a long day of hanging out with this girl I'm calling back to, who I didn't name. I went to, I worked with her and uh, I was in high school at the time. It was like 2008. I can recall uh, sitting out in front of my house listening to that album start to finish and just wanting to tell her exactly how I felt about her in so many words and her just rejecting me nicely to her credit she rejected me nicely and I can't say it about every girl that's rejected me and that's a long list trust me but uh, 
man, she wanted to hear that album and I wanted to hear that album and it just connected with me. So now every time when I hear the song Mayonnaise or, uh, oh God, what's the other one? Space Boy. Oh, Space Boy. Off that album. When I hear those songs, I immediately think of her and it's not her fault, you know, but it's just, it's what triggers me. Excuse me, I gotta have a a sip of my vodka. Um, Man, I can can, can honestly tell you, I remember sitting in that car, hanging on every word and, you know, uh, trying to work myself up to the moment where I told her how I felt, you know. And she just wasn't, you know, she just wanted to be a friend. She didn't. She wasn't interested in me romantically. I was an experience. She knew that. I was very. I've always been very honest about myself, and uh, she wasn't into it. So I, you know, I took that hard. I took that really hard. She ended up dating some guy that was wrong for her, and uh, I never, I never fucking got over that man. It was like, why can't you see? I'm right here. I'm telling you how I feel, and you're not interested still. And uh, she dated that guy, and that guy was wrong for her. I knew it. I told her it. I ignored her for a long time just to make her feel bad, which was wrong. It was immature. And I probably lost a good portion of time where I could have been uh, still friends with her. We, I mean, we made up or whatever, you know, after that went sour. It didn't take long. But uh, he wasn't the right guy for her. And you know what? It turns out I had a, a, a more of a fun time after we, uh, we reconciled with that guy. We had a great time. I, uh, he, was, he was a friend of a friend, actually. Weirdly enough, uh, I knew that guy through another person. We were introduced and we hit it off. We had the same taste in music. We both loved new metal. We both loved fucking progressive metal and we we had a good time we, we ended up hanging out after him him and her broke up and uh for a while it was just me and him we was we'd go to concerts and and we would talk about music and we would just fucking hang out and shoot the shit it was a good time he was a good guy uh we just fucking you know fell out of touch or whatever but um that was an interesting time period you know figuring out who you are spiritually emotionally personally is a big deal and uh I don't know. It's like in your formula of years, uh, music plays a big part into uh, what shapes you as a person. And I would say Smashing Pumpkins shaped me into uh, the person I am. The good, uh, they, they just uh, a, a dumber on me, you know. Uh, Siam- I, if you haven't listened to Siamese Dream uh, over and over again, you should. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins were, were great, man. Billy Corgan... Uh, is one of those true artists that does not compromise for anyone. He wasn't he wasn't getting any fucking input from uh, uh, Chamberlain or uh, James Eha or they like he they they weren't telling him what to play. He they didn't have any input in what the guitar or drums sounded like. He did what he did and they played what they played. Uh, he was he he's a fucking leader first and foremost. He does not uh, bow to anyone, and I respect the fuck out of that as a musician and as an artist. 
when he when he wrote stuff and he wanted to record it he called the people he trusted and they came in and they played their parts but they did not get in his way if they did they were going to go by the wayside and I respect the fuck at that I really do uh, there's something to be said for that okay there are certain artists out there who you just need to come in and play your part and you need to leave if you want to play uh, live you want to play on tour that's fine but there are only so many Dave Grohl's out there there are only so many Billy Corgan's out there okay so before you fucking uh, involve your ego remember that there are people that are so much better than you at what you do and uh you are merely playing a part sometimes and sometimes that might make you billions of dollars now in today's market that's different but back in the day you know if i was the guy i can't remember his name for the life of me good lord um and i've watched the fighters dark documentary about a billion times but if, if i was the drummer for foo fighters around the time of their second record the color and the shape uh, and Dave Grohl was like, listen, I wrote these parts. You can't play them. I'm going to play them. And uh, that's that. If he was if he was like that, I would have been like, Jesus Christ, dude. Do your thing. I'll hang out and see where this goes. But, and, you know, who can blame the guy from for fucking being like, I'm out, you know? You want to go back into the studio and re-record the parts I already recorded? Fuck you, man. Good, good, good luck on tour without me. And fucking, that's exactly what Dave Grohl did was go back into the studio after the drum drum parts were recorded and re-record. You know, that's a that's a step on the throat. But I don't know. Some like that's that's probably over the line. But like, there's there's uh there's definitely instances where it's like, hey man, you're not as good as uh what the this music is potentially capable of so you need to step aside so that music can uh be the forefront so that this this can come through without you fucking it up there's definitely something to be said for that and uh i don't know that's my fucking tangent man i'm in a weird place i moved in here it was a big move very traumatic I had to cut one of my really 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 close friends out of my life I'm not sure yet if that's what I want I haven't contacted him yet but he was really important to me and I I, I sort of uh, I did him wrong and the guilt of that will weigh on me uh, for a long time. And I'm going to have to reconcile with him eventually. Right now, I'm still sort of grappling with it. And uh, I'm definitely listening to a lot of music. I'm all over the place. You're going to hear a lot of that music tonight. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have a fun conversation. This is probably going to be a long podcast. Uh, I have a lot, lot to talk about. I just want to fucking get this out. You know, in a therapeutic sense. So, l without further ado, let's go to the next song. You guys heard my 1979 Smashing Pumpkin story. 
and how much uh, Smashing Pumpkins means to me. I'm sure at some point we're going to hear a contortionist song where I can talk about how much the contortionist means to me, not just Smashing Pumpkins in a cover sense. Uh, actually, vice versa. I'd love to play you guys a, a fucking Smashing Pumpkins original and talk about that, but that was just a cover. Let's move on to the next song. We'll talk about that. And then I'll come back at you. All right? How's that sound? Give me one second. I'll play this for you.
so that was uh, he is legend the interloper is the song I uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of he is legend that started probably around the time I was writing about uh, the best albums of 2019 Let's call that November 2019. So, maybe eight months ago, nine months ago, something like that, right? I stumble on this band. He is legend, right? And I am blown away by this album. White Bat is what it's called. The band is called He Is Legend. I stumble on this band. White Bat, right? I'm fucking floored by the the album's uh, title track, White Bat, which opens the record. I'm like, oh my fucking God. This is the new sound. I don't know what this is. But this transcends the stoner metal aspects that I love about Mastodon. Mastodon excuse me. Mastodon. And it transcends the modern rock stuff that I love from Shinedown and Alter Bridge and Tremonti. And I'm like, oh my god. This is about to be the new fucking thing. Like, immediately. I'm seriously no fucking joke. I am not pulling your leg. I hear White Bat and I'm like, this is the new sound. It was one of those fucking bands I heard via... I think, if I recall correctly... That Overkill Reviews YouTube show put on by Banger TV, which is put on by Banger Films, Sam Dunn's production company. And they, they, they work their asses off. They do a really good job at like bringing people uh, what's important in metal uh, all across the board. Metal. Mostly uh, obscure metal. And uh, I heard, I probably saw He Is Legend, excuse me, He Is Legend recorded a record and released it on my Loudwire release calendar, right? I probably saw that and was like, okay, this band sounds cool, you know, let me check them out. And the next thing you know, uh, I'm listening to them and loving it. I uh, I definitely listened to the review of this album and was definitely like, okay, I need to know who these guys are. I dropped the needle on White Bat and was immediately blown away by the song quality. Uh without divulging too much about how much this record means to me 
the track I just played you was called The Interloper. Now, if you're unfamiliar with The Golden State Killer, uh, this album is purely based upon The Golden State Killer. Uh, if any of you have have seen the movie Zodiac or are familiar with the Zodiac Killer or uh, anything related to to that that person that case, uh, this album is directly influenced by that case. There was a guy in I want to say the nineteen sixties or seventies. That was driving around California and murdering people. He was never caught. I think recently he was apprehended. And it's 2020. But back then, he was given free reign to wreak havoc on California and just ruin people's lives. He would... uh, if you if you watch the movie Zodiac and you watch the opening scenes, he drives up to a, a a campsite, the Zodiac Killer, and sees it's like make out place, right? It's where you take your girlfriend to make out and have a good time and hopefully get into second base. That's like the the goal, right? This motherfucker drives to make out place. And he's like, I'm going to kill someone in this spot. And he drives out to make out place. And he sees a woman with a guy in a car. And thinks, this is, this is them. This is, these are the ones, you know. And he scopes them out. And they get freaked out. And he drives away. He's like, fuck this. Right? Then he's like, no. This is it, actually. And he turns around and comes back. And just murders them in cold blood. Right? And they're like, oh my god. There's this widespread panic. There's this fucking serial killer on the loose. And he just destroys California for the next few years he kills so many people and they cannot figure out why he starts sending the police department coded messages puzzles to try and get them to figure out what he's doing and they cannot solve it They have their best guys on the fucking task. And they cannot solve it. He is Legend White Bat is based entirely on this premise. It's based on Zodiac Killer and this guy. Casing up the entire state of California and wreaking havoc on it. And just murdering several, just tons of people because he could, which is ridiculous, I know. But, uh, yeah, he, he fucking, he 
He picked his targets and he fucking destroyed millions of lives. Not millions of lives, but like thousands of lives. And <clears throat> one of the more disturbing uh, parts of this story I've heard there were women in the area, in the vicinity of people that were affected, that were terrified that couldn't live their lives because they were so afraid that this person was going to affect who they were and what they were doing. They could not physically enjoy themselves in their own home. They were terrified that their house was going to be broken into and they were going to be murdered. That is a real threat in the 1970s. I want you to let that sink in. This person would affect people's lives that had no business in a, in a murder investigation. These people, ne- like some, some of these people never came anywhere close to being involved in this case. But because the threat was so real at this time, they were mortified and and uh, so afraid to even like leave their house at night that they would just live in fear. That's that's this time period. That's insane. That's what this this record captures that feeling. And the interloper is based on the character of uh, the whole. Basically, the entire record is told from the perspective of the murderer, the Zodiac killer, the Golden State killer, whatever you want to call him. People have called him White Bat, which is what the record is called. And uh, the title track on, it is some of the best music I've heard in so many years. Uh, Just a well-done rock and roll slash heavy metal odyssey, honestly. Like, it's just really, really well done. Uh, And the interloper in uh, in particular is the song that stands out to me in terms of just song write, writing quality. Uh, White Bat really fucking gives you the adrenaline. Gives you the, it fucking amps me up. It's, it's a good, it's a banger. It fucking uh, brings the point home. It's, it's definitely dark. Uh, but the interloper takes it to a, a, a such a dark place that you honestly, if you live through it, I don't know how you listen to this song. Um, especially when he start, starts to talk about, uh, when the lead singer starts to talk about, uh, in the perspective of the Golden State Killer, like, um, I know you're in the trunk and you probably can't breathe. But I did this all for us. No way. I did this just for me. Ooh. And he starts talking about how uh, he's carrying the body. And alive would be fine. But it's heavy dead weight because it's mostly skin. Like that's fucking. That's some rough lyrical content. You know. Like, that gives me chills to talk about. But, like, that's... It's such a well-written song that I cannot escape it, you know? He starts talking about how, uh... He's getting really old. 
and nobody's caught him and how uh, this person who's a victim of the Zodiac Killer is still a trophy to him and he has so many trophies and he'd probably throw them all away but they mean something to him because they, uh, they're victims and he's like well I'll keep these but there was one that got away and that's the one that drives him nuts like that that part is just so fucking dark it makes my eyes water like that's that's some fucking horror shit man like those lyrics are are telling you know woof um yeah if you guys haven't listened to uh, white bat i purchased it on vinyl that's how much and it was a good price honestly uh, uh, I I purchased uh, White Bat by He Is Legend on vinyl, and I was I couldn't have spent more than twenty five dollars. I was very impressed by the way uh, that transaction was handled. But let's move on to the next song, okay? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking cue it up real quick. Just relax, and we'll uh, we'll be right back with you.
That's a good one, right? Um, I so randomly fell in love with that band. That is Thrice. And the song is called Black Honey. I was uh, waiting for my roommate, Gavin, to finish cooking. Whatever it was he was cooking. And have him for dinner. So I, I went down the YouTube rabbit hole, right? And, uh, I, I was listening to songs by Red Sun Rising and that song came up and the video came up and I played it and I was like, holy shit. This band is not what I thought they were. So I started to go back and listen to other stuff. Thrice is such an underrated band. And this album in particular. Uh, hang on, let me figure it out. Here we go. To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere is the name of the record. Uh, Hurricane is the, the main staple off of that one. Uh, Black Honey, which is the song I just played to you by Thrice. T-H-R-I-C-E Thrice um, And then Stay With Me Was the other song I was pretty much Blown away by uh, Great record I have listened to That album on repeat For maybe a month I can't get enough of it Even their new stuff I really think that they're underrated As a band and I cannot get enough of them. Um, I don't think that Thrice is ever going to get the, the due that they deserve. Their newest record, Palms, from eight, 2018, is phenomenal. I've listened to that quite a few times as well. And uh, I enjoy it as much as the record that pre uh, preceded it. So... If you guys are looking for a newer, newer rock band that's a bit bluesy but not totally bluesy mostly like on the verge and uh just in tune with what's happening thrice is the band for you uh they they do uh they do the blues rock thing real well contemporarily and uh i think that they have a uh quite a few years left in them if if their career is slowing down they they got plenty more left in the fucking canon trust me uh the, the next song I'm going to play you is uh, 
is by a band that I really like. Uh, they they don't they don't they do solo stuff pretty well. They do cover stuff even better, and I have really enjoyed it. Um, I don't I don't know if it's made an impact. It's made an impact on me, which is why I'm gonna play it. And uh, it may be my last song. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out whether or not I've had a few vodka. Vodka lemonade, so I'm working my way up to uh, ending this thing. Oh, that was a good sip. Okay. Uh, if there's one thing I know, it's how to make a drink. Uh, I'm working my way up to figuring out what I'm going to play here, and I think what I'm going to play is the Veer Union. If you guys have not heard of the Veer Union, you should check them out. They are a modern rock band with a black lead singer and a uh, a pretty talented lead guitarist and a backup vocalist. And they have done pretty decent original material. Their solo or uh, their their cover material is outstanding. So I'm going to play a cover by them. Of a song that I really like. And uh, it, it only recently hit me this hard. I'm sure I'm going to play other, other cover. Excuse me. I'm sure I'm going to play other covers by them. This is the one I'm going to play tonight. It's a really good one. It's called. <gasps> excuse me. I have the hiccups now. It's called Champagne Soup. <sighs> it's called Champagne Supernova. And it's originally by Oasis. But this is a cover by the Veer Union. Please enjoy. How many special people change? How many lives are living strange? Well, we, you, well, we look at night. Slowly walking down the hall, faster than the cannonball. Well, we, you, well, we look at night. Someday you will find me caught beneath the night's light. Champagne supernova in the sky Someday you will find me Camp beneath the night's light In a champagne supernova Champagne supernova in the Champion. 
Again, that was uh, that was the V reunion with Champagne Supernova, a cover which is originally by Oasis. I fucking love that song. I love that song so much when that they covered this. I listened to all of that Oasis album. What's the story, Morning Glory? That's the name of the album. I listened to that maybe 10 times in one day. It's really good. I'm not, I, I wouldn't consider myself an Oasis fan per se, but that album is fucking spectacular. I don't know. I've gone through so many phases in my life, and uh, I'm in such a weird one, you know. One where I'm like, I don't, I don't really care, you know, I don't really care what people do or who I talk to or, uh, what, what woman I'm going to try and court, you know, I've almost given up on that completely. We'll see what happens, but I don't fucking know. I have I, I don't have the answers. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've failed. I've failed so many times that's so hard to just keep dusting myself off and keep going. You know. Is there a woman out there for me? I have no idea. If she's listening, she's probably a bot. Bus is gonna pop on that. Shout out to the Japanese bot. You know what I mean? 
Nice sip of my fucking Earl Palmer. Hang on. There we go. You gotta place it right. You don't want to get a ring on the fucking glass coffee table. Um. Yeah, that Fear Union song means a lot to me. If you want to go back a little bit, not too much, just a little bit, and listen to the the uh, the Fear Union's not greatest hits. Hold on, let me pull it up. Let me fucking pull it up so I'm not talking out of my ass. But they're uh, decade two rock and acoustic. It's called the Veer. V-E-E-R. The Veer Union is the band name. Decade 2 Rock and Acoustic is the album. If you want to listen to that all the way through, you will not be fucking disappointed. They also do a covers collection, which is what the song I just played for you is off of. That is outstanding. I would strongly suggest listening to it. Other than that, what I'm going to do for you now is just play a song to play us out to end the night. I've had a few vodka, lemonade, iced teas, Arnold Palmer's, whatever you want to call them, and I'm feeling frisky. I got one song for you left, and it is called Safe Today, and it is by Seether. One of my favorite current rock bands. Uh, this song means a lot to me. It's come to me in, our, in in many dark places. It means a lot to me. It fucking hurts. It feels good. It does all the things I want it to do. And uh, someday I'll record it. I definitely tried to learn it on guitar not that long ago. I want to say maybe a month ago I was fucking with it on guitar. And pissing off my roommates. But uh, yeah. Without further ado. This is it. It's called Save Today. And it's by Seether. And it is the song I definitely want to close with. It's really important to me. And I hope that it means something to you. Uh, here we go. And I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. I'm going to try and record tomorrow. I'm going to try and make this a fairly frequently revisited podcast. So tomorrow, hopefully, you hear from me again. If not, whatever. Shit happens. But uh, until tomorrow, this is Safe Today by Seether. S-E-E-T-H-E-R. Seether. And the song is called Safe Today. I love it. It means a lot to me. And uh, maybe I'll get into it next time. But right now, I'm just going to play it. I'm going to play us out. Here it is. Save today. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening if you're still listening.
mistakes I guess I don't have what it takes Right I wish that I was strong But I could walk away All this time I've lost I feel the cost repaid So save today The secrets that you prayed Tortured soul have I become It keeps me safe and leaves me numb